Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, my name is Bryce Watts. I'm Allison Anger. This is a podcast where we speak exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but we want to highlight the amazing women who are their support systems behind the scenes. Get out the way, men. Lately I've been feeling out of touch Like nothing gives me that same kind of Welcome to episode 10 of the NF Ladies podcast. Today we have special guest Mackenzie Skipper with us. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi, ladies. Um, go ahead and to start us off, tell our listeners um, who you are, who your significant other is, and what teams you guys have been a part of in the NFL. Yeah, awesome. Well, grab your popcorn bucket because this is quite the intro. Um, So I'm Mackenzie Skipper. My husband is Dan Skipper. He is an offensive tackle. We are currently with the Detroit Lions, um, but we have been on five teams in four years. So we have done quite the moving. The funniest part is that every year we have been a part of the Detroit Lions in some way. So we tell everyone that we're like their side chick. Like they call us at 2 a.m., but they're not ready to commit. So um, so we started out with the Cowboys um, undrafted, and then we went to the Lions the same his rookie year. Then the next year we went to the Broncos where um, Bryce and I didn't meet, but we were both there for a little bit at the same time. And then we actually, this will be a story for later, but we got signed to the Patriots practice squad for playoffs that year and actually got to go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. So that was amazing. Um, And then we were with the Patriots for a little bit of the next year where then we went to Houston where um, Allison and Bryce were. And then we are back at Detroit. So uh, again, they call us back all the time. And um, so that's where we are now, but yes, lots of moving. Um, I currently am in Dallas, Texas. That's where we call home base. And I've been traveling back and forth to see Dan up in Detroit, but with COVID and all the craziness, I decided home was better this year. Yeah. That is a lot of moving. How many, I know you're, you're in Dallas now and staying at your home base, but how many times have you moved with him? So I moved to, I've moved to Detroit twice. Um, I did move to Boston and I moved to Denver. So um, the only place I didn't move was Houston. It was only a four hour drive from Dallas and kind of glad that I didn't. We were only there for four weeks. So that would have been a bummer. But um, I will say, what was it? Our second year, Dan got re-signed to the Lions after camp and all the craziness And so my mom and I packed up the car with our dog. We drove 19 hours. We got there at like 10 p.m. And then Dan went to the facility the next morning, called me at 7 a.m. to let me know that they released him. So we have done a lot of moving. So we packed back up. My dog is quite the trooper. Um, But I think we've done 12 total moves in the NFL life. So it's been a lot. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot. And I re- I do remember we did get to meet last year when you were here in Houston. I didn't know that you hadn't moved here. And I, but I did know that it was a short amount of time. We got to hang out 
and I was afraid you might not recognize me because it was the Halloween party. <laughs> yeah, so we were both in costume when we met. Um, but I do remember you telling us about your moving your dogs and having to like put them under the plane and how stressful that was. And I was like, wow, I never even thought of that. But I we do talk about it in episode one of our podcast because of that conversation that you and I had. Tell us um, what what's that like having to move your pets and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I tell people all the time, I'm like, we don't have kids yet. So that is one thing less to move. But dogs are almost harder because they you can't just strap them into a car seat or, you know, whatever it may be. So um, our dog, Huck, he's an Australian shepherd. So on top of that, he is very high energy. Um, he has got a lot of miles on the road, but I have put him under the plane twice to fly him back and forth from Boston. Um, I was literally a disaster on the plane. I remember I was sitting in the exit row. I was bawling, crying because I was like, what's going to happen to him under there? And um, the flight attendant came up to me and she's like, can you help in case of an emergency? And I'm like hysterically crying. I'm like, yes, yes, I can. And the guys next to me are like, this lady is nuts. Um, But of course, Huck was fine. He made it fine. But it is a lot. It's very stressful. And on top of that, finding somewhere to live with the dog as well. Um, obviously I don't mind paying like extra for apartments and stuff like that, but a lot of times we would rather just rent furnished and people don't want dogs on their furnished furniture, which I totally understand. So, um, just trying to find places to live on top of just moving them in general is a pain in the butt. So is that what you guys would do when you moved is just rent apartments or did you ever try an Airbnb? Yeah. So actually Dan is living in an Airbnb right now. Um, that's kind of worked whenever he goes places and I haven't moved there yet. He starts like that. And then I'm the high maintenance one. Of course, I think we all, all the wives, maybe I'm just the high maintenance one, but when I move somewhere, like I want to be comfortable. I want it to feel homey. Um, that was always really important to me. Like if I'm going to move to Boston, uh, we're going to live somewhere decent. So we have done a little bit of everything. We've done Airbnb. We've rented furnished. Um, we actually bought furniture in Boston. Dan is still very bitter about this because we were only there for six weeks. Um, and then we had to end up hiring like packers and movers to move like what are a thousand dollar couch, something stupid. So um, we've done a little bit of everything. I think it's funny that you said Boston is where you guys bought furniture because the day that I was looking at an apartment for us and I was like okay I just need to talk to him after practice and so we can sign the lease and everything like that is when we got released and I was like imagine if I had signed that contract if it was a day later how much more I would have had to deal with come on patriots what are you doing to us I know and like exactly what you're saying Boston like I think that our apartment was some I mean I probably wasn't as bad as New York City because we were in Foxborough but we were playing like 2800 a month for a two-bedroom like woof I mean it was and then trying to get out of our lease and them just not understanding which I'm sure y'all can understand too but yeah no they those apartment places they are racking in the bucks from NFL players let me tell you that but I will say there are some places so I know when we were with Tennessee 
they had a place, I think it was like on Vantage Way, one metro center, whatever it was called. Um, But they had a whole little pamphlet from the stadium, like giving you a bunch of information about where you can go, resources, like we rented from court furniture. So they did help us out a lot when we were in Tennessee. So some teams, I'm sure, do that as well. So it's helping you in the process, not just saying, okay, you're going to move here. You're going to work with us and you can figure it out. Right. And I, I tell people, I tell Dan all the time how lucky he is to have me, which y'all should tell your significant others too. But like the single guys, like they are literally screwed. I mean, I don't know like who helps them, their moms. I'm sure they do, but finding somewhere to live, we haven't had one team help us. They were like, uh, just find somewhere to stay. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and when I moved to Detroit, I'm like, where is safe? Like, what is, where am I not going to die? I don't know. I'm from the suburbs of Dallas. I'm so sheltered. So, um, yeah, that was quite the experience. I do know that last year when we were looking to buy a house after our contract here in Houston, we reached out to the team asking help finding a realtor and they sent us one. So I learned a lot just from working with her. And so she showed us where in Houston, they have a contract or like a deal with an apartment complex. So she takes a lot of her single guys there and they can get a month to month uh, lease, I guess, uh, in case they do have to up and move. And I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing that you've like worked that out for them. But you would have to like know who to talk to on the team, you know, to get these connections. It's not just information that everybody will just offer up. I was like, wow, that's good to know. I wish we would have known that three months ago. <laughs> I feel like that's like the way of the NFL. Either our boys tell us absolutely nothing <laughs> and we find out, I don't know, from a random wife that we met one time at a game day party and then, or the team doesn't tell us anything. And then later they're like, you should have just called us. It's like, how? We don't have your number. Our husbands don't tell us anything. <laughs> yeah. Or you, you hear one wife say, oh, well, so-and-so gave me this information. And you're like, who's that? I've never heard of this person that you're getting all of this information from. No, exactly. That's, yeah. I blame the boys. I'm, I mean, again, I think that the teams could help too, but I know they get more information than they share. Yeah. They should forward all their emails to us so they don't yes. pull a Bryce and go searching for it. I'm like, hi, can you please add the wives to Teamworks? <laughs> yeah, for so real. At that point. Know? <laughs> I'm like, Chad, can you send me your schedule week by week? He's like, okay, we didn't get it yet, though. So some teams, I mean, they send it really late sometimes. So I will give him that. But once you get it, you know, you live with me. It's not like you forget. Oh, wait, like I forgot. We sleep in the same bed. Like you, there's no way you forgot. Right, right. Send it over. I need to know where you are at all times, just for my sanity. <laughs> Not because I'm worried about you doing anything, but just where are you? <laughs> yeah, I well, have, yeah, exactly. Um, every night before bed, I'm like, "What time are you waking up? What time are you coming home?" Okay. Dan always says, "Like Mackenzie, it's the same shit, different day. Stop asking. It's the same thing every day." <laughs> so you mentioned you getting information from somebody you possibly met just one time and picking up information here and there. So you and Allison met yes. and you guys actually went to a Halloween party and, and Woo. hung out or talked to each other and had a, had a very interesting story and situation. So can you tell us about that? You know, I, Allison might remember it differently than I did. I went as happy Gilmore. My husband was my caddy. I had, um, 
probably too much fun. And I will say, I hope I'm not hurting anyone's feelings when I say this. When I showed up to this Halloween party, I'd never seen anything like it, first of all. I had been to, like, the Stafford's Halloween party in their house. Like, it was so fun. It was, like, just the wives and the husbands. Like, when I showed up to this, I'm not kidding you that there was probably 200 random females in lingerie at this Halloween party. I was dressed as a male. I was literally (laughs) dressed as a dude. Um, And so I immediately had to start drinking more because I was like, where in the heck are we? What are we doing? And um, yeah, it was quite the experience. I remember after a couple drinks, I told Dan, I said, truth hurts. Tell the DJ truth hurts. Like my, in my white girl spirit, I thought it was the move and he did. And like, literally everyone got off the dance floor. It was literally the most, Dan (laughs) didn't talk to me for the rest of the night. I embarrassed him. (laughs) I was telling Bryce before you logged on to the podcast, this story, but I was like, Brian was like scarred for life from this party. There was People were hitting on our significant others. Like these women, they like literally have on wedding rings. And I mean, no offense, like linemen aren't normally the sought after men on the team. Like women were literally trying to climb my husband. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and- I didn't know that. That's, I mean, that is to an extent where it gets just extremely disrespectful. It's like, I'm not just dressed up as a dude to be dressed up as a dude. Obviously, I'm very stable. And that is why I'm dressed up as a dude. Don't come at me. There was a time where you and I were both in the bathroom at the same time and we didn't know it. But I'm washing my hands. And I think you're washing your hands, too. And so we like saw each other and we're listening to a conversation of these girls talking about how they were at this party trying to get wifed up by one of the players. So they were like specifically attending this party, trying to meet football players and get wifed up. And you were screaming at them when we left. That well, is probably to get wiped up, but I didn't. I did not realize that people were trying to climb up your husband prior to this. So now it's making a little bit more sense as to why that was so bothersome. But it was the whole experience was. I don't want to say disturbing because it was a really good time. Right. Uh, Obviously, thankful to Deshaun, and the party was very fun. But I will say that I'm more of the like keep it within the team party also because then we can relax and feel like us and the guys can be themselves and not be on Instagram, Snapchat. I think that that's like what is so important about us having team parties. Cause that was like free for all, no privacy. It was cool. He did a really good job throwing it. He had sponsors yeah. there. So it was really well put together. And um, the winner of the costume contest, yes. the Rolex watch. Yes, the Fells one. They dressed up as white chicks. It was fab. It was the best. Yes. That's like my favorite story that I have from the NFL. It's called that party and their costume. Yes. Now that you said that, I know that Chad went to this party by himself. And now I'm like, what stories am I not getting? Oh, no. Because he doesn't tell me stuff. Like, I'll be like, hey, this guy said this to me today just to let him know, you know. Right. Like, he doesn't do that to me because I'm like, why did they do that? Like, who is – and also, if I'm there and you're going to do that to me, I'm like, don't – don't try me. So he went. Yes. Yeah. And he was Forrest Gump. I do remember this. I don't know if it was the sexiest costume, so I don't know. There was a group of guys that were hanging out, and it was – 
it was Chad and his roommate and another guy. And I kept Colin. getting the three of them confused. Like for the rest of the season, I like couldn't really differentiate which guy was which. I, I don't know if it was because I met them in costume. But finally, like weeks later, when we met at another event, I realized how all different they look. And they're not even the same size human beings. And I was like, wow, I really screwed that one up. You just like lumped them together as like where you saw them at. They were just hanging out. Like they were just doing their own thing. But yes, that party, it was fabulous put on by Deshaun. Not necessarily my vibe. Maybe why I had one too many drinks. But, um, you know, it was fun. It was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, what a way to to meet for the first time. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Dan's like, maybe it's good that we exited two weeks later, Mackenzie. <laughs> you know what I was saying too to Allison when she told me that story is when women say, I want to get wifed up by these players, you know, that's yeah. something that you only hear about in movies, I feel like, first of all. But hearing that Allison actually heard that, I'm like, you you don't get to just do the fun things. Like you got to deal with the moving too. You can't just come in and waltz in and be like, all right, like let's go to these Halloween parties. I can wear all these, all this lingerie look super cute, blah, blah, blah. Like we're in a small closet that's miles away from our actual home. You know, it's not like that. You, you, you don't just get to do the fun things. You got to do the the boring things and the, the sucky things too. No, I totally agree. I think that that's the total misconception of this. And this is honestly why I love that y'all are doing this. <clears throat> I've like forever written down on my notes, like stories of a, our experience in the NFL. And like, don't get me wrong. Like we get to do some really cool stuff. I mean, I literally was in the same room as like Brady and Giselle and we have a Super Bowl ring and like we've gotten to go to some really cool things. But like I tell everyone the highs are really high, but the lows are really low. Um, And it's really in this life, like you have to stay in this consistent middle of emotion. Like you can't let yourself get too excited. You can't let yourself get too down. And I think that these women or girls that strive to be wives like us don't realize like you do, you give up a lot. Um, You don't typically see your significant other as much as you think. And especially this year in COVID, I, I think that those girls that maybe came into relationships last year might be like, uh, this is not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. So I would be interested to see how that affects some relationships this year. And I saw that you wrote that as well on your Instagram. I went deep in the stalking. Oh, yeah. So you said, don't let the highs get too high. Don't let the lows get too low. And I think I'm on the opposite end where I'm just a very excitable person to begin with. So he like they've learned this. They they just dropped the mention of a place that they want to travel to. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to look up Airbnbs right now. And he's like, don't do that. Kahale, why did you say that around her? So I have the opposite problem. And just sometimes it's been so low for so long that it's like, it's impossible. And you want to let yourself get excited because that is their position. Like they are given this opportunity to get those highs that high. So I, that's, that's my take on this, my perspective, but also I think that's in my nature. So I can't really help it. I mean, I say that I try to stay in the middle, but like whenever we're on practice squad and Dan gets called up, I'm like, Oh my God, like we're staying up forever. We're going to sign this big contract. And the next week they're like back down. I'm like, okay, that wasn't what I thought it would be. So, um, that's, I, 
I try not to get high because I feel like the NFL continues to disappoint a lot of families. And I think that a lot of people just see these big contracts and houses and vacations and all of that. And don't get me wrong. Like we are so blessed. Like we live a fabulous life and especially this year, like we are really, really lucky. Um, But I think just a reminder to everyone, like, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. And it is our, our role to be their biggest cheerleader. So it's okay to, to get excited when they get moved up or when they get at an opportunity, something like that. But then they, you do, you ride the roller coaster as well. Yeah. I tell this story. I don't even know if some of the Dallas wives know this, but whenever Dan went undrafted, the Cowboys, first of all, I was so excited because I'm originally from Dallas. So I was like, Oh my gosh, even though we weren't drafted, God just places in Dallas forever. Yeah, lo and behold. But um, one of my friends that works for the Cowboys was like, oh my God, so the Cowboys have camp out in Oxnard, California. And all the wives I've seen, they get like houses on the beach together and they go to Nobu together and they like go into LA and do all this stuff. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. So I packed this massive bag full of all this clothes. I literally didn't know one wife when I went, like none. I'm like standing at camp, like hoping that they're just going to walk up to me and like invite me to stay in their like beach mansions and go to Nobu. Okay. First of all, none of that's a thing. They like are all staying in the Holiday Inn. Um, They didn't go to Nobu and I didn't either. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I ordered like Chipotle every night. So it's those things too, that even people tell you like, you're going to get to do all this fabulous stuff and not holiday and Chipotle DoorDash is the name of the game. (laughs) That's really weird that I did not know that it was in Oxnard of all places. I know, I know like four cities in California and Oxnard is one of them. (laughs) That's so funny. Ryan grew up pretty close to there. Um, Yeah, that's really random. Why did they go all the way out there? I think it started back a while ago because it was so hot in Dallas and this is before they had an indoor. And so they were trying to find places that were safer for the guys to be outside all the time for camp. Um, and so they went out there, but I think that they're trying to move it back because they just have that fabulous facility now in Dallas. So, um, but I know the guys love the weather out there. It's really nice. Yeah, that makes sense. I like you saying that it's not what you expected traveling out there. Um, and that just made me think of when, Chad was in Denver with the Broncos for a, a little bit. Uh, he got dominoes on Christmas Day. And he's like, there was another guy in there. And he just looked so sad. <laughs> I was like, you look so sad walking in there by yourself. Because I, I had left the 22nd because I wanted to spend my birthday and Christmas with my family because I had been moving around all year with him. I feel kind of bad now for leaving him to eat dominoes by himself or with his friend River on Christmas. But... Yeah, like that's the reality for the guy sometimes. It's not just going to mansion parties. And most of the time it's not. (laughs) Sometimes it's eating dominoes alone on Christmas. No, that's for sure. And I think Dan even says all the time, he's like, football has ruined Christmas for me. He's like, until we have kids, like Christmas ain't anything to me. We practice. They try to like play Christmas music at practice. And all the guys are like, stop. Like this is devastating. Um So yeah, holidays can definitely be lonely. Um, I know that y'all talked to Hannah about that a little bit. I left Dan in the dust this year for Thanksgiving and stayed home with my family um, and went up on Friday. But Michigan's completely closed down and um, 
he was just like, stay home with your family and relax and have a nice time. So I know he had a fun time with Hannah and her husband. So they were fine. Well, and they had a game too. So yes, y'all whooped our butts. I, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what? Hey, we're all fighting for our lives, I think this year. So um, yeah, so y'all whooped our butts. And then um, I saw that they were saying that people were sending money to Deshaun because our staff got fired and all that stuff. I was like, what is life? This is craziness, man. Well, I left Brian for Thanksgiving too, um, to go be with my family, but he was traveling. So I was like, I'm not going to stay here by myself for two days. Um, but I did meet him back here at home that night. So I'm very proud of that. Like that was effort. I looked at a lot of flights to make that happen, but I did get a chance to visit with some friends when I was there. And they asked me, when is the next time you're coming home? And I said, well, not till the end of the season. Which to me at this point seems like it's right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I feel like the holidays just make everything speed up. And she's like, oh, that's so long from now. You're not even coming home for Christmas. I was like, no, Brian has to work on Christmas. She's like, what? Even on Christmas? And I was like, yeah. And then I started thinking and I was like, I think they might have had last year off on Christmas Day. Um. I don't remember. They may have gone in for just a little bit, but I was trying. To, I, I don't really remember at all, but I do know in the past he's normally worked on Christmas Day. said, unless it falls on a Tuesday. No, totally. And that's why who was someone the other day was like, how do y'all do Christmas with your parents? I just got married. Do you go here? Do you go there? And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? We just have a complete out on holidays this like during football. So we spend holidays by ourselves and we don't have to pick family. So um, I will say that is the only good thing about that is no one's feelings are hurt. We just tell everyone, hey, when this is over, we'll split it back up. But for now, we're eating dominoes on Christmas like Chad. <laughs> well, and where is uh, is Dan also from Dallas originally? Where's his family? Dan is actually from Denver um, or outside of Denver. Um, but we met at Arkansas. So we met in college. Cool. Well, we were going to ask that question. Go ahead and tell us about how you guys met, how you started dating. Yeah. Okay. So I am actually two years older than Dan. So I'm a cougar. Yep. It's only two years, but Dan makes sure and reminds me all the time. Um, so I was actually a senior. He's a, He was a sophomore. But if anyone knows Dan, he's 6'10". He's currently the tallest player in the NFL. So he's like massive. Definitely doesn't look like he is even in his twenties. Um, so when I met him, we actually met at this like sports bar for lunch. One of my friends had asked me to come to lunch. Um, I worked for the athletic department, so I always really kept my distance from athletes because I wanted to have this amazing career in sports. And so to do that, I didn't want to be not taken seriously. Um, that is something like being a woman in sports that you have to be really careful of even though you shouldn't have to, it's just an unwritten rule. So I showed up and like three of these huge linemen walked into lunch and I was like, uh, what is going on? So we just sat there and I actually had a boyfriend at the time and Dan was sitting across from me and he had like this huge cast on his hand and he was eating this burger with like so much sauce on it. I vividly remember this and it was like dripping all over his cast and I was looking at him like, this guy is disgusting. I mean, he has like no sense of just hygiene. I don't know. I just was watching him like he's so gross. But 
but he was like also secretly like funny and cute and so I was just listening and watching him and um like nothing happened like we were just all talking and I actually ended up going home that night and I called my boyfriend I had been dating for three years he was long distance and I told him I was like look nothing happened but I met this guy today like we like we were on a group like he didn't even know I feel this way and I just know that if I for some reason had like little butterflies for burger sauce cast guy um that I'm not supposed to be with you I don't think if you meet a guy and have butterflies for them that your current relationship is great so um he was not happy to hear that but at the end of the day, it worked out for us. So I told my friend that I did that. And Dan started like texting me and calling me, asking me to go on dates. Um, and I told I like said no, like five times. Cause I was like, I don't know. Did I make the right decision? Am I crazy? Um, and then finally he picked me up and took me to ice cream and he like snuck us on to the Arkansas field. and I remember sitting there and I'm just very blunt and honest, like the girls in the bathroom, like that is probably me without any alcohol. Um, and I was like, how many other girls have you done this with? (laughs) And he was like, just one other. And I was like, cut, you're not, you're just supposed to say no, just you. Um, but I remember we were sitting on the field and I just told him, I was like, look, here's a deal. I'm not looking for like a fling or, something casual. Like if you're actually pursuing me, then you need to pursue me. If not, then that's fine. Like I'm fine being by myself. So, um, the rest is history. And he proposed to me a year and a half later in the same place on the field in Arkansas. Um, I was, I was very abrasive with him. I was like, if you're going to go to the NFL, we need to be married or engaged, which I would have still gone anyways, but, um, so he proposed to me before his senior season at Arkansas and we got married the March before, um, the whole draft process. So that's kind of our story, but I tell, he tells everyone when they're like, how'd you meet? He tells everyone we met in a bar, even like his coaches. Now I'm like, it was lunch and no one was drinking. It's not a bar. Stop telling people we met in like some gross way. So, um, but that's kind of our story, and Arkansas has a huge place in our heart. We love it there. Um, we would love to get back there at some point into Fayetteville and and be back home to us because that's kind of our home together. I will say that's the cutest story that we've heard, proposing on the field, and, and nothing – well, did anything go wrong before? Did you trip walking to the middle, did, or was it just fireworks and everything was great? No. So I will say earlier that day, he told me he was going to propose before football season because he didn't want the stress of football season during this proposal, whatever that means. I'm like, my whole life is stressful, Dan. Okay. Um, And it was like the weekend before the season. And I texted him that morning. I was like, look, here's a deal. If you're not going to freaking propose before this season, you just need to tell me because I have my hopes up and you just need to tell me. And he's like, you just need to chill. Like, he was, like, pissed. And I was like, you're rude. So I remember I got home from work. I put on my pajamas. It was, like, 4 p.m. And I was, like, sitting in my bed. And he comes over. And if you see photos of him later, he was, like, cleanly shaved his face, which normally 
it's wild beard season. So, um, and he had on like a button down, which also means a lot for a lineman. And I had on my pajamas and I was like, Oh crap. Is this happening right now? Like that's how I knew he was proposing. Cause he looked decent. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally threw on clothes, no makeup. Um, he drove to the stadium and I remember he got out of the car and he just like left me in the dust. Like I knew it was happening. He started just like walking away and I go, you're going to need me for this. And so then he like stopped and he was like, you're embarrassing me. I'm nervous. Um, and then one of his buddies from college, who's actually on the lions now, Frank Ragnow was filming everything. The, the video, no offense, Frank is horrendous, but, um, it's like all shaky and he was like laying on the ground. I don't know. It was hilarious. But at the end of the day, it was special. I, my only request was that I didn't want a engagement party. Um, I didn't even want our parents there yet. I really just wanted to like take the time for us to like soak it in and have just each other for like a week before we celebrate it with anyone. I like that comment that you made. I feel like that's something like, I would say <laughs> just like so much at it. You're gonna need me. <laughs> okay, you're right, I guess. He's like, fine. So, anyways, that was that. And um, I think how we did it, we were like featured on a bunch of like games that they talked about us on and showed pictures of our engagement and stuff like that. So that was cool for me. And I think anyone can say, like, I was like, Oh, look, there's us on ESPN. So um that was pretty neat and fun and kind of cool videos to show our kiddos one day. Yeah, that's neat. That's a good story. I also am just looking at our list of questions to ask you. And I am so embarrassed that I am really struggling to put all the dots together today. But so we talked <laughs> with Hannah about your business. Yeah. I really like just must not have understood the name that she was saying. And she, I do even remember her mentioning like, oh, she was in Houston for a bit. And I'm just like, mm, no, no, don't know that person. Like, and it's your business. Like, where have I been? Um, go ahead and tell us. A, I mean, anyone who's listened to her episode already has a little bit of an idea of what it is, but maybe not everyone has listened. So explain to everyone what it is. And then like how you came up with the idea, because it's brilliant and perfect for you being in the position in the NFL that you're in. Yeah. So I will say kind of just to lead into this, and this has been like my, how I explain this to anyone is that I remember my rookie year, I was really struggling with who I was with, with Dan or who I would be without Dan. Um, and I remember I was in Bible study and this, this isn't not true. And this is some people's like role with their, like with their significant other. But one of the girls was like, I was crying. Cause I was like, someone was saying that you shouldn't have pride in Bible study. I was like, I want to have pride. Like I want, I want to be proud of myself. I don't think that pride always has to be a bad thing. Um, and they said, but your role right now is to be the best wife to your husband during this time in, in the league, like during the season, you're don't need to have a job. You don't need to have your own thing. Like your job is to be a wife. And I know for some people like that is their, that is their identity. And like, I am so jealous of those women that can, I'm horrible at cleaning. I'm horrible. Like I'm okay at cooking. Like I'm, 
but that's not really who I am. Um, so I immediately was like, no, I need to do something. I don't know what that is yet, but I want a job. And if that means that I travel to see my husband and I'm happy, then I'm going to do that. So, um, the first thing I did is I started spray tanning and I bought like a machine and I hated it, but I like, I made decent money, but I hated it. I like honestly couldn't totally figure it out. And I'm kind of a tomboy. And so it just a lot of naked women in my booth and it was just too much for me. And every, no one's always happy with beauty stuff and it just was not for me. So I ended up, um, kicking that to the curb. And we actually use marquee letters at our wedding. I saw it on Pinterest. And when we were like exiting our wedding, we like walked by them. And I told Dan, like in our car ride home, I was like, I think I want to do marquee letters. Um, And he was like, that's what you're thinking about on the way to our hotel after our wedding. I'm like, yep, it is marquee letters. So um, I have been thinking about that before even going to the league. And then after we were with the Patriots, we kind of had, we had a rough couple years. He was a free agent for 12 weeks, his second year. We were struggling financially and it was just a lot. I mean, I think that people think that you make all this money and it can be really hard. Um, And so after that, we had kind of saved up enough money and he was the one that was like, you should open, you should do that letter thing. And I was terrified. I felt like I had lost a lot of my confidence um, by just not being myself and only supporting him. I just knew that wasn't me. Um, He's actually the one that pushed me to do it. So we started this and I honestly thought it was going to be a hobby and that was it. And I purchased the letters, started Alphalet in Dallas, kind of just put it out on my social media And I actually ended up paying off my initial investment in eight weeks. Um, It was insane. And I think people were just really excited about it. And I started having girls in the NFL reach out to me being like, that is so cool. Like you started your own business. Like, I wish I could do something like that. And I'm like, you can, Um, if you love something, do it. I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You go back to doing what you were doing before. Um, like I tried spray tanning and I hated it. And so I tried something different and you can't be afraid of failure because you never know, like number one, what's going to make you happy and what's going to be successful. So, um, it was cool. A bunch of NFL wives started reaching out to me and that's when I decided to do kind of do like a franchising licensing model of it because, then I started just being really passionate about, about helping other people be small business owners. Um, my marriage improved so much when I started Alphalet because my confidence skyrocketed. Um, I was proud of myself. I remember I like, I had been really sad our first couple years. I started working out more. I started eating better. It just was, there's something about having confidence and having your own thing for me personally. Um, so yeah, so Alphalet, I could go on about it forever, but, um, we actually just signed our 70th location, um, in a year and a half. And so it has been insane and seriously so rewarding. I've got to watch 70 either women, families, couples, um, become small business owners and like watch them be able to have that confidence and kind of that light bulb 
literally <laughs> go off in their mind um, and just in their like heart and their spirit. So it's been incredible. That was a really long thing, but I think it's really important for any girls listening to this to know that, yes, I rent out big light up letters and that may seem weird to you, but it makes me happy. And um, if you have something you want to do, do it. Your significant others will be fine. And I promise it will be the best thing for you and for them and for your relationship. And it's like, you don't even just own your business anymore. It's your small business. You're also in a way mentoring these women and counseling these women um, and showing them that they can get their own confidence aside from their men, especially if they're NFL wives. And when you said that, I'm sure you guys saw my face when at Bible study, they said, no, this is your time where you need to be this. You need to be this woman. It's like just how some people shame stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home wives then they're doing the same thing to people who want to do other things like start their own business, want to have their own lives separate from their husband or significant others. Like I'm doing my own thing too, but I'll also make crock pot meals. So like I'm doing something for both of us, you know, like I need to eat too. So just implying that that is a shameful thing that you have your own aspirations to me is like, it's just very, it's an icky feeling because that's not, it's not helping anybody. It doesn't help you. Does it make them feel good about themselves? I don't know. No, I, I totally agree. And everyone has their own thing. And like, I I just think that just do what makes you happy. And if that is just being a wife to your husband and, and being literally the best wife that you can be and that works for you, that's great. But it wasn't working for us. And so I had to do something to change that. And also, I mean, financially kind of I talked about, but I mean – it's, we've been on practice squad most of the time. Um, when we get called up, it's amazing. And the money is balling and we like feel like we're going to be rolling in dough, (laughs) but then, you know, it goes back to real life. And so, um, Dan, my husband, he wants to go into coaching afterwards and that's not always an easy climb. A lot of times you have to start out at the bottom and Alphala is going to give us the freedom for him to do what he wants to do and not feel that pressure of going into the workforce and making six figures. So um, we're also really thankful for that. And it takes that stress off of him whenever he wants to exit this crazy life, whenever he wants to, I am so supportive of that that he can do what he loves. So um, that's something else that I'm Dan. And also he's been so amazing because a lot of guys are like, Oh, your wife, like your wife's going to support you. And he's like, this is, why does it we're it's 2020. And you know, we support each other and I supported her for however many years. Why is it bad that she turns around and supports me? So um, just, that's another thing that's been interesting is, you know, guys being like, Oh, is your wife the breadwinner? Does she do this? And he's like, and if she is, it's our money. It's not hers. It's not mine. And we work together as a, as a unit, as a team. So a great point that you made, because it usually is the man in this industry who is supporting the woman because they just make such an absurd amount of money sometimes when they are picked up by a team and for a couple months out of the year because that's all they get paid. They only get paid a couple months out of the year, which I don't think people realize unless you're doing stuff on the side, you're only getting paid for like four months. So if your significant other doesn't do anything, which sometimes it's hard to get a job, you know, as we all know it, I mean, you got to be super frugal with that. And just saying that 
you have his back financially after, I think is something that not a lot of people hear um, from the women in the NFL. And I think that's a really cool point to hammer home. Like you can also be a good wife and a good, a good significant other during this process and still do your own thing. Like they, it doesn't have to be one or the other all in for your husband. You're there 24 seven or have your own business and and make your own money. It, It can coincide. No, totally. And I think that I was going to just kind of lead into this because I didn't know if y'all were comfortable. We talked about it earlier. But also, I think that a lot of people forget that, yeah, we might not have a family right now, but Alphalet has saved us during this time. Um, A lot of women do struggle with this. One in eight women struggle with infertility. And if I cry, just stay with me here. But like Alphalet has been our baby and it has helped us mentally during this really, really tough time. And um, one of the reasons that I am staying in Dallas is because we're going through fertility treatment. We've done IUI, we did IVF, um, we had one failed transfer and we're waiting for our next one to start our family. And um, that there's a lot more going on in all of our lives that Alphalet has saved us. My community of wives has been like incredible everywhere I've gone. I have friends all over the country that I call and they're, they're family that I know wouldn't tell other people. So it's like, I can call my girls in Boston and be like, I'm having a really hard time with this. Or, you know, I just had, you know, my first miscarriage and I need to talk to someone about it. Um, so just, it's okay to be a strong woman and to have other strong women around you. And regardless of what they're doing, if they have their own business, if they're stay at home moms, if they are amazing blogger influencers, whatever it is that makes them happy and makes them do that. um, Surround yourself with people during these super hard times. Yeah. And that's, thank you for, for sharing that with us. I know that not a lot of people like to go public about this stuff or to talk to other people about it because it is such an emotional thing. Um, but and just being okay knowing that, you know, you hear people, you're not the only one who's going through this. You're not the only one. But you're like, okay, well, that doesn't make me feel any better. I don't want to be vulnerable in front of other people like me. Right. Like I, I have never been a big crier. I, I don't like, obviously, everyone's like, I don't like crying in front of people. Who does? Who wants to cry right. in front of someone else? But just accepting that that's going to be the reality and accepting that you can be emotional and feel that way in front of other people. and for the most part, they're not going to judge you because there's reason behind why you're getting so emotional about that. So thank you for sharing that with us because like you said, one in eight, it is something that is so common, but you don't hear a lot. Right. And it's been really cool in Detroit. There's two wives that are really open about going through IVF. First of all, Kelly Stafford. Um, I talked to her a little bit about it and she's always said like, there's more people than you know, going through this and going through this and going through these hard times. And I did it um, not to like, people in military do this all the time, but I did it all this year without my husband. I did my egg retrieval and all of that in Dallas by myself. And then, um, a woman I talk to all the time who's amazing is Jen Wiggins. Her husband is also an offensive lineman. They did years of infertility treatment. And I remember her talking about it a couple years ago and it's easy to be like, Oh yeah. I mean, if we can't have kids, but you never think it's going to be you. And so, um, just bringing awareness about that on a different note is be careful what you ask people. You don't know if they're having a bad day, if maybe they just went through something really hard. 
Um, stop asking people when they're going to have kids. Maybe ask them if they want a family. Um, just kind of normalizing how you talk to people about kids and families and stuff like that, which I'm guilty as all get out. I have asked people all the time, like, do you want kids? When are you going to have kids? Are y'all going to start trying? Um, just something else to talk about on here is just normalize that that's not okay to ask. And even the guys in the locker room, like Dan dealt with it this year, he was away from me and guys are like, so when are you going to put a baby in or, you know, just how they talk about everything. And Dan's like, you know, I don't want to talk about that. And that's not normal. So even talking to your significant others about don't ask people that. And remember that people, even if it isn't infertility, maybe someone's dealing with an illness or depression or whatever it may be. Um, just be kind during this because life is hard. It's really hard. And I think especially for any listeners that aren't in our position or aren't involved in the NFL, maybe they're just fans who are listening. You only see what you read in the media or that's all that you know about the NFL players. And you do forget that they're human beings with other things going on in their life at home. So I just think for people to remember that and be reminded that everyone has their own struggles. You know, these guys are superheroes on the field, but they're regular people in their homes with their families. So, and I would never even think to, to tell my husband like, Hey, you should maybe not ask people this, or this is a sensitive subject, but you're right. Like, I guess the guys do say that kind of stuff to each other and in, in their own way too. the way that they talk about things is different than the way a female might bring up. Locker room talk. <laughs> yeah. So just to kind of train them to be more sensitive to certain subjects too. No, absolutely. So that really is. And I just want to say on here, if there are any wives or even if you're not a wife or anyone listening, like if you ever need anyone to talk to about this, I'm always here. I am hoping to bring a lot of awareness after we do have babies. And I know that I will be a mom and I know that everyone can be a mom in some way. Um, that I'm always open to talking about it and all the good, the bad, and the ugly because it's it's a crazy journey. You moved around to a lot of different teams. So I'm wondering yes. how many games would you – did you attend any games? Did you have the opportunity to attend any uh, games when you were with all those teams? And how, how was it going to all those different teams? And how did you find gear to wear? Because you want to support, but you're like, I don't – want to buy a bunch of gear because you don't know and it's expensive. So how did you navigate that? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, first of all, Dan probably hates all the gear I bought everywhere because I'm like, oh, we're going to stay here. So I am guilty of buying um, clothes. Dan says that we could have an NFL garage sale, which we totally could. Um, but I have gone, I did go to a game at least in every place that we were at. So um it was really cool. All the stadiums are so different and so unique. And so are the fan bases. Um, we only were with, I'm trying to think, I will say I like indoor stadiums a lot better after being in Boston during the playoffs and being outside. That was literally the coldest I had ever been in my life. Um, but fun as always great experience but definitely I will say I am a big fan of good sport and Stephanie Toilolo started that a wife and all of her stuff is just I can literally just get things that say skipper on it I don't have to get his number and all his team and stuff like that so I really tried to do that or 
honestly, I've kind of just started wearing black and white to games. You kind of get, you get used to not wearing team colors pretty quick when you move around as much as we have. Yeah, this year I've definitely adopted that where it's more black and white, but I feel not as game day appropriate. But I mean, what are you going to do at this point? I can't be buying a new outfit every year. So I have a little secret trick I do um, with my clothes, which I don't want to reveal it on here in case somebody who has anything to do with it is going to cut me off. But anyway, (laughs) so you mentioned the Super Bowl again. Tell us about that experience. And I did see a picture saying that somebody got a beer can concussion. Yes, correct. that was me. Um, I sound like I'm probably like wild, but I'm so boring. Um, so we went to the Super Bowl and I literally like he signed there and then they went, I knew no wives because I had gone to one game and I'm just the kind of person that I will reach out to anyone on Instagram and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm Mackenzie. I'm new. Um, girlfriends are super important to me. And I, I think that that a lot of people have the idea that when you move around, it's better not to make friends because you might move again. But I think the complete opposite, um, that it's so important to have friends everywhere. And it's so cool. So I remember we went to the soup, we got, we were going to the Super Bowl, and I'm like, now what? Like, how do we fly there? What do we do? So I reached out to Mackenzie Andrews. Her husband is the center um, for the Patriots. She is amazing and she saved my life over and over again. Um, so she kind of sent me all the schedules and stuff like that, but it was wild. So we fly out with the, like with all the families on a plane, we were in Atlanta that year. Um, it was, I could say it over and over again. I pray that every guy and their significant other could experience this. Like I wish that they could, because it was magical and it made everything we had been through worth it. Um, So we got there. We actually spent four days there, I believe. Um, There's parties and all of that fun stuff that we get to go to with the team. And then um, the Patriots did win the Super Bowl, which was the cherry on top. It was really cool. Um, And then after that was this huge party. We were up until like 5 a.m. They had um, Snoop Dogg, Ludacris, Chainsmokers, I don't remember the last rapper because I went to sleep because I was exhausted. Um, But it was fabulous, as you all can imagine. Um, We got on a plane the next morning at like 8.30 a.m., all struggle bussing, um, got back. And then the morning after we got back was the Super Bowl parade, which COVID makes me so sad because it was like just this community of people that were just celebrating life. It was so cool. But, um, Dan, this is actually a very funny story. Dan called me and he's like, we have to bring our own beer on the float. And I'm like, what? Like we literally, he lived in a hotel that year. So I got this huge backpack and I ran to Trader Joe's and the only beer they had was like some like Trader Joe's brand Pilsner. It was disgusting, but I filled my backpack with it. And I ran, I barely got on the bus. I'm like sweating so bad. And then we get there and we're like on the Bud Light float. There's like unlimited Bud Light on our float. So I risked my life for this beer. Um, But what they tell you on, especially in Boston, because people are wild up there, is that don't ever take your eyes off the crowd when you're on the float. Like don't turn your head because they're lobbing beers up to you to drink and shots and 
at all. So people are like lobbing beers. So I looked straight the whole time, but I had a friend that was in the crowd from home. And so he said to look for this pizza place and he was right in front of it. So I turned. I'm not kidding you guys. The only freaking time I turned my head, I turned my head. I got smoked by a beer in the head. The person next to me said it literally came from 20 beer, 20 people deep. Um, they threw it like a football, like not like a lob, like a football. It exploded when it hit my head. And I was like bawling, crying, obviously, because it freaking hurt. And I turned to Dan. I'm like, Dan, I just got hit in the head with a beer. He's like, Mackenzie, we're never going to get to do this again. And he was like yelling at me. And so I was like, you're right. Get it together. Um, about two hours later, my concussion symptoms really set in. I literally felt like someone is like sawing my head open. It was horrible. But um, that is my Super Bowl float experience. I literally got nailed with a beer. Um, the person that got a little bit more attention for this was Gronk. He got hit in the face with it and he actually made it uh, like on TMZ and stuff like that. He had a huge cut. Unfortunately, Dan Skipper's wife did not make it on TMZ <laughs> for getting hit in the head with a beer. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how many people have experienced this like on other teams. I know I did talk to one other wife from a couple years before Shelby Waddle. She got hit in the head too. I think it might be more common than we hope for it to be. That's terrible. I mean, what so. an exciting experience, <laughs> but like not a great turnout. Dan I'm was sorry bad. for laughing. No, it's hilarious. I mean, I, yeah, you, I, it just got worse. And worse, the story just kept going like downhill, and then it exploded. And then my I had a concussion. My husband yelled at me. He was like, <laughs> "Have fun, Mackenzie." I'm like, "No." Yeah, Dan's reaction is the best part. We like literally. I like want to put out like a cash prize for anyone who has the video of me getting hit in the head. So if we want to start that, I'm down to start it at like. Mm. I will be willing to pay 500 bucks for that video. You'd be on TMZ. You would make that money back like in half I want it. I want it. We want that video, people. Yeah. Give it to us. <laughs> okay. So Super Bowl happens. Yes. Right after the holiday season. And we are in the thick of the holiday season. We have some no. holiday questions for you. All right. Let's do it. Awesome? Taking it away. We'll start off with what is your favorite holiday tradition? I would have to say... I just love decorating for Christmas. I think that like the moment you plug in your tree, you're like, it's happening. Um, so I think just getting in the mood for it kind of sets the rest of your your month. So I would have to say decorating for it, not really doing the decorating, but the aftermath of the decorating is my favorite. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to go with this because we've been decorating um, all week long. A couple trips to Home Depot and Lowe's. Oh, yes. Um, and and Hobby Lobby, too. But um, we keep getting more and more lights, so we keep needing to go back to, like, Lowe's or wherever um, for the timers. Get those oh, yeah. lights timers outside. Um, when, so when we're putting up our decorations, we are listening to Christmas music. What is your favorite Christmas song? Ooh. You know, I like just traditional last – what is it? Wham's is it last Christmas by Wham? I just like the traditional fun music. Um, I will say the new Dan and Shay home 
for the holidays, I think, is really cute. I really like it. But I'm a traditional girl. Give me that Mariah Carey. Give me Wham. Give me the good stuff. Okay, your favorite holiday movie to watch? I'm Elf all the way. That's not as traditional, but um, Will Ferrell really kills the vibe. And actually, my husband went as Will Ferrell the Elf to our first Halloween party for the Lions. So we'll have to get that picture to you. 610 Elf. It was great. We had a um, one of our long snapper friends was Elf too one year for Halloween. And he was a great elf. He has like the same hairdo a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Um, favorite holiday dish? One that you cook yourself or one that someone mm-hmm. else cooked for you? I am sweet potato girl with marshmallows and all the bad stuff on top. So no nuts though. No nuts in my sweet potatoes, please. Just caramel, marshmallows. That's my That's my vibe. I could eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah, and dessert. Um, yes, all of it. Do you ha- do you guys have a a secret family recipe for a holiday dish? I'm trying to think. So my my parents um, have always been in the food industry, so they owned nothing but cakes for years. And so Christmas were were different for us because we were all working. Um, so I would say we're not going to lie. We are down to order some food after a long holiday season of making cakes. So not necessarily, I guess that we could just say that my dad's secret dish is he always whips up the best breakfast the morning of. I'm sure he puts salt and butter and milk in those eggs, but there's just something about them that's special. Yeah, I love, we do uh, at my grandmother's house Christmas morning breakfast, and it's my favorite. I put the salt and butter in my grits. Oh, yes. We're and grits people too. Eggs. Yes. Very um, southern of you. <laughs> uh, do you and your man, Dan, buy each other gifts? You know, at the beginning of marriage, we made a big deal out of it, but it is so hard. We're, we're out on that. We bought ourselves a, like a new outdoor fire pit this year and we're just splitting it. And then we honestly are adopting a couple families and doing that way. So we used to do gifts. And I think that this year with COVID, we're like, don't get us wrong. We bought ourselves a nice fire pit, but we would rather just give back this year. And I think that hopefully we'll have babies soon. And then that will be our priority. But he's hard to buy for. He is, first of all, massive. So clothes are impossible. And um he likes like boring stuff like tools and workout equipment. So no, I'm not buying him anything. We just did that too. Um, I'd been wanting a stationary bike because when it gets cold here and he is, I know people don't think it gets cold here, but it is. Um, I'm not wanting to go outside and run and walk every day as much as I normally am. So I'm like, if I just had a bike inside, that'd be great. Ooh, no, that's a good gift. He tries to surprise me and somehow I figure it out every year. Like he's, he's, he thinks I hate surprises and he thinks I'm super sneaky, but he's just not good at hiding anything. Um, but I was going to say that I'll, I'll give you the link to some stuff I found on NFLPA. I can't Ooh, say it on here. There you go. He's the workout guy. Anything workout, Chad, Chad wants it. Like there's like an acupuncture pillow right next to me. Ooh. It's, it's like a mat that you lay on and it has little spikies. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. So, Dan would like that. 
Yeah, it, I mean, it would only reach to like his shoulder blades, but true. He, he might, he might like it. It's a whole matte thing, but yeah, I'll, I'll send you a list later. <laughs> yeah. So well, Santa hopefully is bringing a stationary bike for Allison. Oh year. no, we got it. Oh, you got it. Okay. And he mentioned that he was wanting one too because he's been, um, doing it at the stadium. Yeah. And so we were at Costco. And mm. If it's at Costco, he'll buy it. We did, oh, yeah. but we went back uh, like a couple of days later and got us a bike. So I'm like, okay, this is like Merry Christmas to the both of us. We're done. Yes. No, that's the way to do it. Combined gift. Uh, we're set. And then I'll get him some stocking stuffer type things, which is fun. If Santa could bring you one gift, what would it be? I think I know the answer. I would love a baby or five. I don't even care. So I'm like, put all the embryos in at once. Let's see how many <laughs> babies we can get out of that. Um, definitely a baby, but if not a baby, I'm trying to think what else would I love? You know, I'm like a robes, slipper, blankets girl. Like, I don't know why people don't like getting socks and blankets for Christmas because that's my love language. I, I put robe on my list and a couple other things. And Brian's like, hmm, I wonder what your theme is this year. <laughs> All self-care items. But I have like a thick robe for winter and I don't have like a summertime one. Oh, yeah. Like, like get out of the shower robe. Yeah. Something thin to wear when you're getting ready and you're not sweating. Yes. Okay, I was going to ask, this is not on the list, but do you get your dog a Christmas present? You know, he is pretty spoiled year round. So I think I re-gift him things. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, you haven't played with this toy in like a year. So I'm going to put this in your stocking. But um, I'm a Costco person too. So I get him like bones and toys and all of that good stuff. So he deserves them. He's moved as much as we have. So. That's true. He's a trooper. Yeah. He, he gives you the side eye. Like, mom, come on. I like, played with this eight months ago. Yeah. Like, you I don't trick me. It smells like me. Come on. <laughs> I know. It has my slobber on it still, mom. Come on. <laughs> if you guys were to throw a holiday party this year, yes. What would your theme be? I think if I had to choose, we both love Mexican food. I'm thinking Fiesta Christmas, like Feliz Navidad. And we're going to have margaritas and fajitas and sopapillas and all the Mexican food. That's my vibe. That's fun. That's different. I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> I like that. Brian was like that. He loves Mexican food. Yes, we're all about it. So I think all the dips, all the chips, that's definitely up our alley. Okay. And then this last question will kind of lead us into the end of our recording today. What is the most valuable lesson that you've learned this year? I think that the most valuable lesson I've learned is that, oh my gosh, I feel like I've learned too many lessons. I'd like to give some of them back. Um, <laughs> that definitely that patience is everything and that to trust in your, I keep telling everyone this, like trust in your tribe around you, that it's okay to surround yourself, even though you might have like a significant other or a boyfriend Surround yourself with your friends. Surround yourself with the good people. Cut out the bad ones. Um, life is too short. And just have a really good tribe because, like, especially me being in Dallas, just with my family this year, I've really leaned on good friends, um, good family friends, good mentors, and stuff like that. So cut out the bad. This is my guess what I'm getting to. Cut out the bad people. If, if when you're with them and you leave them – 
you would be fine not seeing them. If they pop up on your Instagram and you roll your eyes, if they post something that infuriates you, just cut them out. It doesn't mean you don't have to love them from afar. Um, and really bring in those people that are really good to you and um, show them the love that that you want showed to you too. So that's my that's what I've taken. That's a really good lesson, um, especially this year since – I feel like with COVID and the stay at home orders and the election, people have spent a lot of time um, trying to connect with people like anyone and everyone. And maybe that's not always the best for your own mental health. We talked about getting beer can concussions, Mm -hmm. trying to let women know it's not all just fun and games being with a guy getting wifed up and about the... (laughs) About starting your own business and being your own person, also bringing the, your own financials to the table. I don't know if that's even the correct way to put yeah. it. Yeah. But how has your overall experience with the NFL been, would you say, summed up so far? You know, I think I'm going to have to just really honestly, I'm going to have to give it a five out of 10. <laughs> I think that kind of like what I was talking about, that there's really great things that happen. And there's days that even Dan and I both talk about where like, we are done with this. Um, But I will say, I'm sure a lot of the girls say this. I literally have met my friends for life on here. Um, You have your friends in college and from home and they're really special, but there's girls that are going through the same exact thing that you are. Um, If you listen to Hannah's episode, Hannah Dahl is one of my dearest friends. I was in her wedding and we've just gotten really close. Um, there's girls all over. I mean, my girls in Boston are incredible. Um, I've gotten really close again with the Dallas wives, stuff like that. So the girls have been incredible. Um, I will say the NFL is not fair. And that was something that took a really long time for us, me and Dan to be okay with. Um, Cause there are a lot of times that you're like, my husband definitely deserved to make the team, but this is political. And then we always go back to, it's not fair and we can't play GM and you have to move on. So, um, but that you get put exactly where you need to be, even if it doesn't seem right at the time. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to give it a five out of 10. So fun experiences, great people, but for the most part, it hasn't been an easy journey for us. Um, Football-wise, up and down, practice squad, roster, moving all the time. Um, yeah, that part sucks, but the people are good. Yeah, so that that's a good takeaway to, to take from it, the relationships that you all have for a lifetime. Yes. And the business that you started. Yeah. And then that whole network of women that you have that you know you, you, you vibe with because they understand you a little bit better. Yes, they do. So what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to a rookie wife or girlfriend coming into the league? I am going to have to tell them that you need to, in some ways, kind of like what you were saying is celebrate the highs, but, but be okay with the lows because it will get high again. Um, And then also that just to, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be okay with where you're at. It's okay to, tell your significant other that you're not happy where you're at and you want to do your own thing or you want to go home for a couple weeks that that is okay. And, um, don't judge yourself for not being comfortable in a new city. Don't judge yourself for not adapting like the other wives. And 
the last thing that I have learned the most is from a wife's perspective, and I talk about this everywhere, is that don't get your feelings hurt if you don't get invited to everything as a wife. Calm down. It's okay. Girls are going to have dinners. You're going to see them out at a bar together or doing something, and your feelings are going to be hurt for one second. But also remember, if they invited you, they might have to invite the whole team. And and just it's okay to have a couple close friends and keep everyone else at a distance. So don't get your feelings hurt when you're not invited to everything. And don't don't let one, you know, I don't know, like top wife, you know, depict where you stand with everyone else. If you're practice squad, IR, active, if you're a trainer's wife and you get invited to stuff, like don't let your status or your husband's status depict who you are as a person. And I know a lot of people do this. You, you put your value, your success, and your worth on your job. And so your status, like you're saying, particularly maybe in your occupation, is obviously not reflective of who you are as a person. So, right. I mean, they're two completely separate things. And like you said, it's not fair. So you could be the best and the nicest person in the world and do everything right. But it's the not fair league. You see what I just did there, you guys? It is the not fair league. Totally not fair. Not fair. <laughs> oh, I'm so darn clever. <laughs> All right, Allison. Or is there any additional things that you wanted to say, Mackenzie? Anything that we missed that you wanted to let everybody know? I don't think so. I feel like y'all let me talk a lot. I think that this is really cool. And um, it, if anything, even if it felt good to get my story out there, and if you're thinking about going on here, it just feels good to talk about it. And even send this to your family, send this to your close friends, because this is some stuff that you haven't been able to tell them. Maybe they don't know everything about you, even though you're with them all the time on what you go through and that there we're our own little tribe of women and we're normal. We don't wear high heels everywhere. We don't, we're not fancy by any means. We just are here to love and support our husbands and boyfriends through this crazy life. I don't know why I never thought about that, but sharing it with people who aren't in the league, who are part of your family and your friends, because then they, like you said, they, they can understand where you're coming from a little bit better. It's beautiful. Yeah. People are like, oh, you go to Brady and Giselle's house in Boston. I'm like, uh, no, they literally don't know who we are. Like, I don't <laughs> think that you understand. Like, they're really nice people, but they think that we're partying with Gronk in Miami and, you know, doing all this stuff. It's like, we're eating dominoes on Christmas. So here we are. That's the takeaway. Dominoes yeah. on Christmas. We're out on that point. <laughs> all right, Mackenzie, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, sharing your story with us and the ins and outs of what it's like to be married to an NFL player and all the moving around. We appreciate you just sharing that with us um, and being open. Is there someone who can, who comes to your mind who you think would be another great candidate to come on our podcast? I know I was like, I had a couple, but I don't want to, I'll give you one. And then if it doesn't work out, then I can message you other people. Um, I think honestly, someone who comes to my mind is Gabby Switzer. Her husband is a receiver and she is, she has a blog herself. She has a little baby and she's very open about her life and the NFL. And I know that they've had a crazy year with COVID and everything. And I think that she would have a lot to talk about. They've been traded and moved and all of that. And I think she would have a lot of good insight for people. And she has a really great reach as well. So I'm nominating her. She's probably going to be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Even know about our podcast? Is she going to be so thrown off guard? 
She might be, but I'll text her. I think that she would be great at this. And she is very like outspoken on Instagram. I think this would be another way for her to get her story out and share with her followers even. We love outspoken women here. Yes. That's, that's what we're all about. No, no censors. None. All right, Gabby Switzer, you better check those DMs. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of the NFLA's podcast with our guest, Mackenzie Skipper. We'll talk to you next week. If you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Our music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend, Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts. And I'm Allison Anger. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.